Thank you for joining Discipleship Conditioning, Anatomy Through a Biblical Lens. As we continue to grow as entrepreneurs and our business evolves, we're learning to become more distinct and direct with what it is that we teach. We know that our calling is to teach. And in that calling, we must use our experiences and the gifts that we've been given. Both my wife and I have a thorough understanding of anatomy and physiology. I've talked about this in the past, but if I was to work on a diesel engine, uh, I pity the person who owns that diesel engine because they're not going to have anything close to what they once had when I'm done with it. I'm outside of my scope. I'm outside of my area of expertise. I know that anatomy and physiology is my and our areas of expertise because how easily we are able to obtain information and then disseminate it as teachers. To me, that's an announcement of a gift from the Holy Spirit. Um, Things shouldn't be that easy, and I don't mean to say that they're that easy to brag or to say uh, anatomy and physiology should be easy for anyone. It's not. I've taught hundreds, if not thousands, of students, and the majority of them really struggle with anatomy and physiology. But I am able to understand it well, and I am able to teach it well. And I must take advantage of that gift that I've been given to continue teaching to as many people as possible. And so that's what we're going to do with this podcast as we've been doing. We're just going to do it a little bit more directly now by talking about the Bible, uh, talking about anatomy, talking about anatomy specifically through a biblical lens. As we always do, we start off with prayer requests. If you have them, please reach out at prayer at erroratphysiology.com. Our family would love to pray for you. I'm going to interject a benefit, and this is something I plan to do moving forward before our mission. And so today's benefit is by the end of this podcast, you will be able to better understand and apply strength and conditioning principles successfully to your life. We'll make more sense of that as we go on, but the variables that we understand quite well in strength and conditioning, fairly obviously to us, have application through the Bible and have application through our life. Our mission, the who we serve, are men ages 20 to 40 who have ever felt persecuted over their God-given qualities. Our messages could be relevant to a number of people. Um, But in prayer and preparing for this podcast, I feel a strong calling to defend and support men ages 20 to 40, roughly. I've had unique experiences in my life of persecution. Our society devalues men of that age and really men of all age um, continually, and it's going to continue to lead to this gender confusion. It's going to continue to lead to this strife between husband and wife if we don't have support for individuals. And so I hope this is a support to you or someone in your life uh, and we can serve them in that way.
the what we do is through our anecdotal strength and conditioning experiences, and more importantly, the scholastic truth of the Bible, we teach how God's word impacts every facet of our lives. No matter the topic, we will always apply a biblical verse. Today is going to be Proverbs 27.3. The why we do it, why are we here? We're faced with a problem of societal influence outweighing biblical influence, which leads to our succumbing of the evil tactics intended to destroy us. We do believe that there is evil in the world. We don't believe that any specific person is evil. We believe that the devil and his minions are promoting evil throughout the world and oftentimes attacking weak individuals who are prone to commit sin. Oftentimes when we are affected negatively by society, we lash out at those that have affected us. We believe that it's not so much their fault as it is the evil tactics that they've succumbed to. So how do we, how do we answer these questions? How do we support? Well, we serve brothers and sisters with authenticity first and foremost. We are going to be authentic in what we do. I've mentioned before that I do not edit these podcasts. As a perfectionist, there are many times that I want to stop this podcast, delete everything, and re-record. Sometimes just flat out delete everything. It's uncomfortable to have your voice out there. It's uncomfortable to create blog posts and have them be permanently available to everyone. It's uncomfortable to create videos online that are going to be available to everyone. But how do we get our message out without doing that and doing that authentically? So I don't edit. I push forward whatever is said in the podcast, hoping that you will provide grace and understanding that our hearts are in the right place. I'll mispronounce words. I'll stumble on my speech. I'm still going to broadcast it the way that it comes across. And I'm thankful for the opportunity to do so because it's making me a better speaker and it's making me a better listener. That authenticity that we serve brothers and sisters with must occur in the midst of our own change. Again, as I've said before, we don't want to come across as at the end of a path or the beginning of a path. We're in the middle of the path along with you. It's a journey and we want to show you how we can serve you by doing it humbly, showing you that we are in the midst of change ourselves. And this is, of course, through our calling and ministry as teachers. Ephesians 4.11 talks about the five gifts built to influence the growth and establishment of the church here on earth. And of those five areas, those five professions, the last is teachers. And it's clear that we are teachers. Our sponsor is us. We are self-sponsored, error at physiology.com. There we have blog style articles, which up until yesterday were transcripts essentially in show notes of each of these podcasts. There were a few in the beginning that I'd wrote in previous years that I had put on before the podcast start uh, started. And you can check those out. There's youth training and recommendations of youth training, uh, specificity, which we're going to kind of touch on today a little bit, and some other articles that I'd worked on years ago. 
<clears throat> but up until yesterday, apart from that, everything was just a transcript show notes of uh, this podcast. Yesterday, I published an article uh, talks about building strength. I'm seeing out there a lot of questions of people asking how uh, how can I do like three things at once? So a common question that I'm seeing on chat boards and things like that and presented to me directly is how can a person lose weight, tone muscle, and build strength at the same time? This will funnel into our discussion today on why that's not possible, but we've written a blog article on that that we published yesterday too. So if that topic is interesting to you or you want to figure out how you can lose weight, tone muscle, and build strength, check out that article. Still working on one of our nonfiction books, A Year Without Television. Strength and conditioning program design. We have, I think it's 12 programs available now. Please utilize those and recommend those to others. Courses that we offer. We have uh, three of them that are on Udemy currently that you can go out and look at. One is free. Translations of the Bible talks about the difference between NASB and uh, NLT and NIV and those sorts of things. Also talk about an interlinear Bible and uh, expand upon that. We offer a how to build a workout program course uh, as a interjection or replacement of the need of a personal trainer to design something for you. And then for college students that I'd served over the years, specifically college freshmen, I have a course called uh, APA formatting. And APA formatting is going to take you through how to create a proper paper formatted to the American Psychological Association and their current standards. Those can be found on Udemy. Um, I will link those through our website. Our website is in the midst of transition. Uh, we have found a way to host our courses on our site, and so we're going to be doing that. We'll still obviously leave those three courses on Udemy. Uh, they're doing quite well on Udemy. We'll continue that, but we are going to create any course from this point forward uh, on our website. I shouldn't say any. There's a possibility that we may publish a course here or there on Udemy, uh, but for the most part, we're going to host uh, on our own website. In that, we are going to be changing our website. So you will still be able to go to erratphysiology.com and get there. However, the host will be different on the back end. And so the design of the website will look different. Um, I try, I'm going to try to make this as seamless as possible. And so I'm going to be working on both websites simultaneously until the switch is to occur. And then I'm going to try and make the shift all in one business day uh, for as little interruption on the website as possible. The two courses that we're starting with are Bare Bones Anatomy and Bare Bones Physiology. They are meant to be a college freshman introduction. What I'd like to do going forward is build essentially an associate's degree, a bachelor's degree, and perhaps even a master's degree through the courses that I've been through during my associates, my bachelor's, and my master's. That will all be in the world of kinesiology, strength, and conditioning because that's where my education is. After that, I received an educational specialist degree in education, basically how to teach better and how to uh, get through to your audience. Uh, 
And as I've mentioned before, I'll be starting a graduate certificate in Bible exposition in May, just uh, about a month and a half away. And then after I'm done with that, I'll look to enter a PhD in biblical exposition. And so these courses, whether it be another website that we create that is more related to the Bible and biblical exposition specifically, or it's just a different section of our website that we have here, eventually we'll have hopefully an associate's, bachelor's, and master's program on biblical exposition. Now, obviously, we're not an accredited university or college, but what I'm finding is that there are many people out there that don't take the plunge to go into college because they don't think that they meet the requirements necessary to enter college. They also have jobs and families to support, and it's difficult to quit everything, go back to school. As you know, it's also very uh, costly. Many people have six figures worth of student loan debt by the time they finish with their bachelor's or master's or whatever. We want to provide the same education or a very similar education to seekers of knowledge who don't care so much about having a degree from a university or college. And maybe they do, but college is out of reach for them based on their life circumstances. A lot of us out of high school, we start life too quickly. And next thing we know, we have a family. Next thing we know, we have a career that we're established in. And we want to learn new things. We want to grow, but it's not attainable. Now, thankfully, over the last 20 years, specifically the last few years, online degrees have become more and more available. And if you're interested in one of those, I would highly recommend it. In fact, the number of uh, courses that I've taken throughout my experience have been online. But to those that want a more self-paced um, direction that is analogous to an associate's, a bachelor's, a master's, or p- perhaps just one course here or one course there, uh, we want to be their one-stop shop for that. We want to be your one-stop shop for that. So hopefully you're excited about the courses that we're announcing Hopefully there'll be either a degree that you want to pursue, or I should say an an analogous degree, right? It'd be more of a certificate through us. But if you're a seeker of knowledge in the field of anatomy and physiology, kinesiology, biblical exposition, uh, I hope and pray God willing that we will have a course that is of interest to you and that you can take and further your knowledge on the subject matter. A little long-winded on the courses there, my apologies, but we're excited about what we have to offer with those courses and that website change to where we're going to be able to host everything on our own website, which is really cool. You're listening to this faith-based podcast. Uh, We also have faith-based coaching and a summer camp uh, this July, the end of July, the 17th through the 28th. It's going to be held in Greenleaf, Idaho, which is Oh, I don't know, probably 25, 30 miles west of Boise in the Treasure Valley. So if you're anywhere near there and willing to commute to Greenleaf for a couple weeks, we'd love to have you there to increase your athletic performance. This is more specific to your children. This podcast is aimed at 20 to 40-year-old men. This summer camp is aimed at 5 to 18-year-old 
athletes, those athletes that have college aspirations or simply just want to get better and enjoy their sport a little bit more. Um, We do this and we do this at a private Christian school so that we can pray, we can promote God, we can give glory to him, and we can increase our athletic performance at the same time. I'll be taking all the knowledge that I have from my numerous degrees that I've just talked about and applying them to your child to make them as sound an athlete as they possibly can be. You can inquire by going to our website or email us at hello at erratphysiology.com. Now let's get on to the part of the show that matters, and that is always the Bible. Today we have a short one, but an effective one. It's Proverbs 27.3. It reads, A stone is heavy, and sand is weighty, but a fool's provocation is heavier than both. The first part of that application that I'd like to highlight is, A stone is heavy. In the field of strength and conditioning, we often set variables and we establish a protocol. And this, this first part of this verse reminds me of ancient times. Uh, I can't remember the name of the documentary, but there was a rogue documentary, not, not rogue like it was uh, out of whack, out of place, but the company, the fitness company called Rogue, created a documentary. I think it might have been called Origins of Strength or something along those means. And it talked about the United Kingdom. It talked about Spain. It talked about a number of different areas and how weightlifting sort of came to be. And in many of these areas, they started with stones, specifically in Scotland. They started with stones and they'd have all these different sized stones. And uh, that's what you trained through. You started with a small stone and then you worked your way up to a big stone. And I think that they had conditioning figured out uh, better than we do now. Not necessarily from an academic standpoint, those like myself that study strength and conditioning, but from an everyday man perspective. Um, Today, an everyday man has a very poor understanding of strength and conditioning, where I think the everyday man back then had a simple set of principles that they adhered to that were highly effective. And those simple set of principles were established upon variables. Uh, You may email me and ask for a program And I'd be happy to build you one. You may spend a lot of money elsewhere on a program and think that, you know, you spend $1,000, $2,000 on this program. It's the best program ever written. I'm going to get better results than the next person. And for the most part, that's simply not true. I don't mean to discredit or downplay the effectiveness of a good quality program. But even the worst program can have a progression to it in a way that is highly effective for that individual who is new to weightlifting. Every program works, but nothing works forever. So eventually with that $2,000 program or that cheap program, you're going to adapt. You're going to adapt to the stone is heavy. And the stone isn't going to seem so heavy for you anymore. You plateau. Unless you change another variable. Next part of Proverbs 27.3 is the sand is weighty. And even though that's not the the application that I'm taking it to is not the direct application of the Bible. I'm sure of that. 
But again, we're doing everything anatomy through a biblical lens and through a anatomical slash biblical lens, the sand is weighty speaks to us in the sense of a new variable. So instead of lifting a a stone, now you're lifting a bag of sand, which is presenting new challenges because it's not conformed to one specific shape. It's sort of falling all over the place. There are advantages to it. The stone may be really smooth and hard to grip, whereas the sand may be in a cloth bag that is much easier to grip. The point is there is a change of variable which leads to confusion on the musculature of the body. The body got used to the stone. You worked your way up to the heaviest stone. You're not going to see any more progression. You'll just see maintenance at that point in time because your body is used to it. Every time you train, your body essentially says, what's going on here? I thought we had a good thing going. Uh, Yesterday we were on the couch watching Netflix, and today you have me in the gym doing this and doing that. What the heck's going on? And it almost like a teenager, like a petulant child, throws a temper tantrum. This leads to muscle soreness and all sorts of things. And you'll notice as you continue moving forward, that muscle soreness it diminishes. Uh, that difficult nature of each lift diminishes as time goes on because you're building new skeletal muscle in place, making the existing more robust and adapting to the demand. And if you go take too big a chunk off, you're likely to get injured because the demand is too high. But if you systemically, or not systemically, but systematically, take off bite-sized chunks, you can achieve some great things. And you can have a really good career in weightlifting by taking that very simple approach, which is what they did back in ancient times, and just lifting the next stone that's a little bit heavier and a little bit heavier. All you're doing is changing the variable of intensity. But the reps that you're doing, the sets that you're doing, the rest time that you're doing, all that remains the same. And as we're going to continue to talk about here today, I think that's the best way to approach strength and conditioning. I also think it has application with nutrition. I also think it has application with the Bible and how we obtain understanding of each verse of the Bible. You've heard the saying many times, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, right? Our business is this enormous elephant right now and it's super imposing and we see where other people are and we fall into the habits of comparing ourselves to those individuals and it just the elephant gets bigger and bigger and bigger and what the devil wants is for that elephant to seem too large for us to attack it and to quit because he knows we'll accomplish good things through this podcast and through our business So our application and what we're talking about today applies to business, nutrition, etc. We're keeping it simple, we're changing one variable, and we're taking a bite-size approach. So it's very important that you apply this one variable mindset. Let me give you another example, and, and perhaps nutrition is a better take-home message than strength and conditioning is for the majority of people. Think about what you ate yesterday. Now think about what you've ate today or what you will eat today. 
are they the same? You may have a few go-tos. You may have a granola bar that you really like. You may have a protein shake that you have just about every day. You may have the same dessert every night. But odds are your breakfast is probably different. Your lunch is probably different. Your dinner is probably different. And there's probably snacks in between that are different as well. And if you don't eat three times a day, uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, that's fine. We can talk about that on another podcast on why that's good and, and perhaps bad also. Um, the, the point of it is, though, you have two separate diets going on, essentially. Yesterday's diet and today's diet. And then tomorrow's going to be different. And the next day is going to be different. And if you consider each piece of food is its own separate variable, which it is, how many variables have you changed in a 24-hour period? We, we often wonder why so many people have these gastrointestinal disorders. And I'm not going to say that celiac disease isn't a disease, because it certainly is. I'm not going to say that um, gluten intolerance or lactose intolerance isn't a thing, because it certainly is. But you get one person publishing an article about those things, and all of a sudden, somebody is having gastrointestinal distress. They Google something, and they're like, oh, I have celiac disease. Oh, I have gluten intolerance, whatever the case is. Maybe they just have a very confusing diet. Maybe it's difficult for the gastrointestinal system to accept almonds and then 30 minutes later accept a waffle with syrup or a bowl of ice cream. Is that possible? 100% it's possible. If you look at animals across God's earth, most of them have a fairly, fairly narrow menu on what they're consuming. What does our menu look like? It's insane. It's enormous. Now, you may not like what I'm saying because you realize that I'm promoting that you eat the same thing every single day. At an extreme, eat the same thing all the time. Eat one food or three different foods all the time. I think that that's to an extreme and probably detrimentally so, but I'll speak from my experience and my wife's experience that when we eat the same thing day in and day out, our gastrointestinal system just works better. The same concept can be applied to strength and conditioning. If we do the same program all the time, we repeat it every single week. We have three different sessions that we repeat every single week only changing one variable from week to week. So we may lift at 70% of our one rep max one week. And then we may lift at 75% and then 80%. Or, or maybe we don't take 5% jumps. We go to 72.5, then 75, then 77.5. Maybe we don't change the intensity at all during a certain season or a certain year. Maybe we just change the reps. So we stay at 70, but we go from 12 reps to 15 reps, from 15 reps to 18 reps, those sorts of things. We're changing one variable at a time. It doesn't make a ton of sense to change your rep count, change your set count, change your rest time, change your intensity or the weight that you're lifting. How are you going to know what's working and what's not working when you change more than one variable? If you eat the same thing every single day, and you take 
five different vitamins, let's say, and you add a sixth vitamin, but your diet stays consistent, and all of a sudden, a few days later, you have a flare-up, it's pretty easy to identify the culprit because the only thing that's changed is that sixth vitamin. When I have an injury pop up, it's pretty obvious what the culprit is. I look at the variables and what has changed as of recent to determine what the difference was. Now, if I'm doing a CrossFit workout one day and a powerlifting workout the next day, and then I'm doing some uh, couch to 5K thing on the weekend, and I'm injured, undoubtedly I'll be injured the next week in that kind of silly program. But how do I know what the problem was? There's too many variables to count. Proverbs 27.3 ends with a fool's provocation is heavier. I would encourage you not to be impatient. And please don't be easily influenced. The internet is a great thing. Our business is almost exclusively online, so it just flat out wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the internet. That's a wonderful thing. However, we get used to the abundance of information always available. If you were to open my phone right now and open up Safari, you'd see that I have like 56 tabs that are open right now. There are literally 56 things that I want to read uh, at a later point in time. And that's not even counting my reading list that I add to, to to read at a later point in time. There's information everywhere. Our problem is more, there's too much information. And how to identify the quality information. And so what we do, myself included, self-admitting with my 56 tabs on Safari is we try to let the fire hose open and try and get a drink of water. I would suggest that we simplify it. We simplify it and we focus on things that are long-term, which requires a little bit of patience. It requires steadfast consistency. It requires that we enjoy the grind and we commit to the long haul. I've applied this with strength and conditioning. It works. I've applied this with nutrition. It works. I've applied this with daily schedule, getting up at 4 a.m., 5 a.m. It works. I'm now in this next phase of my life as I become more serious in biblical exposition Applying it to the Bible. Taking bite-sized chunks and being consistent over the long haul. And it works. This reminds me of Paul Washer. Uh, if you haven't heard of Paul Washer, I would uh, look, him, look his videos up online. And I would suggest watching a number of them. He is very straight to the point. You can tell that he cares and he has empathy, but he's not going to diminish the message, even if it hurts your feelings. And I appreciate that about him. Watched a video yesterday 
of him talking about the existing generations that are coming up, those that are becoming 20 years old and 25 years old and 30 years old, specifically to men, right within our age group. And the host asked how we can provide support or a recommendation for those that really don't want to be in their Bible every single day, but they know that they should. And so how do we help them become more committed to the process? And it's like that analogy, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. I can tell you how much the Bible has improved my life. And I can tell you unequivocally what I believe. I can lead you to the water, but I can't force you to drink it. That choice has to be made on your own. And the way that Paul Washer described it was really impactful. He had a heart attack years ago, and he talked about how when he sort of came out of a coma from this heart attack, he was in so much pain because of all the times they'd used a machine on him to revive him. He said he felt like every rib he had was broken. And taking a breath is a requirement of life. So he was forced to undergo that pain every single time he inspired or brought air inward. It was no longer a choice. The pain was there. He had to take it. Of course, he had one option. That option was give up and die. But if he wanted anything other than that, he needed to continue taking those breaths. And he needed to continue the fight. And what a lot of people don't realize, and this is from Paul Washer, not from me, What a lot of people don't realize is that this earth that we live on is a fight. It's the evil tactics intended to destroy us. They're after us. And until a young man looks at the Bible as his inspiration that is painful... And his other option is death. He's not going to be committed and motivated to reading the Bible each day. It's going to be a forced thing because he knows he should do it or he's supposed to do it. Or he saw someone on YouTube that does it successfully and he wants to sort of keep up with them. Paul Washer also states something to the effect that don't be misconstrued by the people online that seem to have a really good relationship with God and a good understanding of the Bible. We oftentimes think that it's easy for those people, that they wake up the next day and they open the Bible and there's nothing that's difficult about it. They just whiz right through it. You might look at me and say, well, you know, strength and conditioning comes easy to him. He even admitted at the beginning of this podcast that anatomy and physiology and understanding of the human body is his gift and it's easy to him. You still got to lift the weights. You still got to read the material. And to most of us, myself included, the Bible doesn't come easy to us. 
I can understand more in a shorter period of time in a anatomy and physiology textbook than I can the Bible. But I realize that if I let go of the Bible and I let it acquire dust, that I'm headed for death. And that's what we mean when we say societal influences are outweighing biblical influences. If you're not in your Bible and in relationship with Jesus, the same or more than you are with the world, you're going to succumb to the world. And I think that's the message that Paul Washer is trying to get across with that. You got to think of this seriously because it is. The wages of sin equal death. I think that I'm establishing a habit of ending on a very depressing note. (laughs) I ask for your grace on that. Um, But it's a heavy message and it's a powerful message. And it applies to everything that we're talking about here. Take this stuff seriously. Don't just go through life impatient and easily influenced. It's not going to get you anywhere. Let's conclude with our decisions to be made. As we always say, we begin with prayer. We then seek scripture. And then we seek wise counsel if necessary. I'm very blessed to be in the men's group that I'm in. And uh, a member of that men's group yesterday morning not necessarily meaning to apply it to this sort of one, two, three prayer, scripture, wise counsel, but he encouraged us to repent in our prayer, to live our lives in a state of repentance. And I think I'm going to add that to this list. Prayer and repent or live repentantly. We don't want to live a life where we're purposely sinning and then asking for forgiveness. We don't want to abuse the grace that God provides. So I think that's important that when we're going to make a decision and we pray into it, we should pray into it with existing repentance. If we don't feel like we have an answer, we need to seek scripture. Even if we do feel like we have an answer, we should validate it with scripture. And the only one of the three that is sort of an if necessary would be the wise counsel. But the wise counsel never takes place of scripture and it never takes place of prayer. Let's conclude with the Lord's Prayer. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen.